to the Let's Talk Fucking Cancer podcast. We are your support, so let's talk fucking cancer. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Let's Talk Fucking Cancer podcast. I am so excited to be back today with my beautiful co-host, Leah. Hello. And we have our uh, ever-amazing producer, Julia. Hello. (laughs) And in studio today, we are so honored to have a special guest, and I'm going to let Leah go ahead and introduce her. Yes. So... She's one of my favorite people. (laughs) We both had the pleasure of marrying into an amazing family. And so um, more than family and friends, I guess we're family. (laughs) Family. We love that word. (laughs) Um, No, so she um, is just someone that I really admire a lot. So I'll just cut to the chase. And it is Stacy. Hi, Stacy. <laughs> she's going to make me cry already. <laughs> like, just with the introduction, right. I'm done. <laughs> Get the tissue out. So, yeah, Stacy um, has kindly volunteered to come share her story with us. And we are very, very excited to have her share it with you guys as well. So, um, with that being said, Stacy, why don't you tell us a little bit about life before cancer? Oh, gosh, life before cancer. I don't remember it. <laughs> right? It seems to take over. Forever. Well, first of all, I want to say that I am a two-time cancer survivor. Um, wow. So, uh, yeah. Let's, let's yeah. toast. Yes. Let's toast to that. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Oh, yeah. When you cheered, Stacy, or when you posted Stacy to Cancer Zero. Yes. I love that. I was so freaking excited. Because I was like, if anybody could do it, it'd be Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say that uh, before cancer, gosh, what about me? I uh, was a runner, a mom, um, a wife, worked full time. Um, prior to cancer, I actually was training for my second full marathon. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was um, training for my second full marathon, getting up at 530 in the morning Ooh. and doing <laughs> yoga. Wow. Um, I was training for Ragnar um, in Tahoe. So I was on oh. a team to um, go and slay that goal. But just later on in life, I just got this bug that I want to do hard things. And nice. so um, that's amazing. Because yeah. raising three kids isn't hard. No, right? not at all. I mean, <laughs> Hey, you needed more of a challenge. Yeah, let's go ahead and give ourselves another challenge. Sure. You know, when I did my first 5K, I'm like, this is cool. And then 10K. And then I'm like, I think I should do a marathon. Oh, wow. And so I did that in 2017. And that's why um, I was trying to do that again. Okay. In 2019. So, um, so that was that was me beforehand. I was a runner. I was driven, work full time. Um, at one point, my husband uh, stayed at home with the kids, so I was able to That's work awesome. full time. So that was kind of our family dynamics. Nice. I have three kids at home, um, but and man, they are tall. They're huge, <laughs> giant children, man children. <laughs> um, so in uh, 2019, when we got the news, it was pretty devastating. So what was that? Can you tell us a little bit about how you? got that initial diagnosis? Sure. Well, I'll be honest, I ignored it. I ignored all Mm. of the signs for a really long time. I was a runner. I was always tired. Um, I was getting up at 530. So of course I'm tired. Right. And so I was like, okay, this is just what happens now. So when you have blood in your stools, you're like, okay, cool. I guess that's normal. And quite honestly, I was in 2018, I was challenging a really big race. It was the trifecta, which in uh, South Lake Tahoe, I was running three half marathons, three days in a row. Wow. And I didn't want to tell anyone that I was starting to have symptoms. So I kind of ignored it. And I remember even doing it, the race itself, having to stop a lot during the route, um, having to stop in the woods a lot because I was having blood in my stool mm-hmm. and thinking, you know what, I'll I'll wait till I get back because some doctor's going to tell me not to do this anymore and I don't want to pay attention right. to that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so honestly, then when it was um, time for me to start uh, going to the doctor and self-advocating, that's when I was uh, discounted. Um, I was young, 43. They said, you are you just have hemorrhoids. Oh, no. Um, here you go. Just go ahead and take some blood tests. And those came back normal. And so I said, okay, they came back normal, but it's still happening. Yeah. And um, I, I was also tired a lot. And I thought, again, I just... 
felt like I'm a mom and I'm a runner and I'm training for another full. So of course I'm tired. Who wouldn't be? Right. (laughs) And um, it wasn't until my doctor finally said, okay, I will get you to a specialist. And the specialist was uh, way far out. They weren't seeing patients. And so I just held on to that. If I can just hold off till July and actually talk to somebody about what's going on, then um, then I'll get some answers. Right. That's so frustrating because that's a common thing that we continue to hear mm-hmm. from the people that come share with us is that their concerns are discounted for one reason or another. And it's usually because, oh, you're a woman, you're, you're a, a woman. mom, you're, you're just young. tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like, oh, we're just supposed to, I, we, I'm not a mother, but um, women are just supposed to live in this constantly mm-hmm. exhausted state. Right. Yeah. That's just your life. That's just what you get for it's being a mom. It's normal for you to feel like crap. Like, yeah. 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 It's so frustrating. And I remember like the weekend before um, my appointment, um, I was at the um, movies with my kids and I kept on having to excuse myself Mm. about four or five times because, I mean, I don't mean to be transparent. Blood was coming out of my ass. I mean, I don't know else to, you know. It's the truth of it. It's the truth of it. And um, I called, I remember calling the um, advice nurse the Monday before my appointment and I said, hey, do they need any like blood work or anything before my consult? And she goes, what's going on, boo? She didn't say that. But in my mind, <laughs> that's how she talked. I was going to say, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> we love her. <laughs> and um, I said, well, I'm really tired and I'm losing a lot of blood. And um, every time I go to the bathroom, it's filled. The toilet is filled with blood. And she goes, uh, honey, go to the ER. Oh. And I go, well, I have I have a work call. Can I take that first? And she's like, kind of go to the ER. Right. And so I went to the ER. Oh, and what was the steps after that? So um, when I was in the ER, um, and I have to take a step back and say, I was freaked the fuck out. Oh, can we use fuck? Yep. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm going to use fuck it's again. It's in our name. <laughs> Highly encouraged. It's in our name. It's encouraged. Highly encouraged. <laughs> Um, I remember being freaked the fuck out because this is how my mom found out she had cancer. Uh, So around the same time, it was in July, she went to the emergency room because something didn't feel right. And uh, that's when she found out that she had uh, late stage four ovarian cancer. uh, So so even with a family history of cancer, they still were like, no, you're too young. It's fine. Yep. Wow. Yep. That's so disheartening. That's not infuriating at all. Right. 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 So um, I remember then sitting in there and, you know, multitasking and I'm like, it's fine. They're going to tell me that, you know, just you have your appointment with your specialist later on this week. Like, it's cool. You're fine. Um, So I was multitasking. I even think I did some online shopping. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was there with my husband and he's kind of freaking out and I'm freaking out. And then I realized like they're not calling me to dismiss me like in the emergency Uh, room. mm. And I'm like, oh, shit. Mm. Like, they are keeping me here and everybody else is able to go home. And then the doctor finally brings me back and he does an exam and he goes, honey, I'm going to admit you. Oh, wow. Okay. And here's my dumbass. Okay, cool. But I have a training um, (laughs) to do on Wednesday. And uh, while I'm in the waiting room, can I just do a quick training run? I actually had my shoes. I had my Hoka. I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to say the name. (laughs) Oh, no. you. We're not sponsored by Hoka. (laughs) But I had them. And I remember the the guy came in and he goes, boo, like, look at your, everybody says boo, by the way, in my mind. (laughs) But he's like, boo, like, look at your hemoglobin. Like, this is serious. And so. um, Oh, now you want to take me seriously? (laughs) Right. And so I remember then going, okay, well, at least I'm getting some attention. And uh, the next day they uh, had me go in for a colonoscopy. I was still in the hospital, so they admitted me in the hospital. The next day I uh, was uh, I was given the colonoscopy, and I remember uh, waking up, and the guy says, you have cancer. And I'm like, what did he just say? Yeah. Because in my family... When you get cancer, there aren't successful outcomes. Right. In my family, when somebody tells you that you have cancer, you're gone. And so, yeah, a little bit 
heavy news. Yeah. And part of me was like, then, well, how long have I had it? And he says, well, you can't go over that with you, but it looks like you've had this for quite a few years. And then in the wow. back of my mind, I go, oh, shit, I ran a full marathon. With yeah, you did. <laughs> like, I'm even more fucking badass. <laughs> so I was going back and forth, and that's when I remember um, asking my husband to make the calls and tell everybody what happened. Yeah. So what stage were you at when they finally diagnosed you? Late stage three. So it had gone into my lymph nodes. And um, yeah, if I would have waited and discounted everything and not been an advocate and not called that right <laughs> advice nurse on that Monday morning, um, yeah, I might not be here. So yeah. that's pretty heavy. That's very happy. Shit, you guys are going to make me cry. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will say that you, you, like, the way that you handled it, and so, and I don't know how you handled it personally, but the very brave front that you put on for everybody was, um, and I, and I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to say it was for everybody, but you were just like, no. This isn't going to fucking happen. I'm not like, I remember when you post like, I'm going to cry. Who? I think the first time I really, oh my God, hmm, recognized what it means for a parent to get diagnosed with cancer was for Penny's birthday. And you posted, I'm going to sing happy birthday as loud as I can because I don't know if I this is going to be her last birthday that I get to celebrate with her. I forgot that. Oh, I never did. I never did. And I was like, fuck yes. Like sing at the top of your lungs. And that really, I was like, God, that's what it means for a parent to get a cancer diagnosis. Yeah. Is, you know, not knowing if you're, and I know how much you love your kids and I know how involved in their lives you you are and how much of a priority you make them and you make them feel so special and so seen and you advocate for them so much that I just, it, it was like, I can't, your, your kids can't lose you, <laughs> you know? And so, um, you started the Facebook group that was, Oh my God. It was so funny. (laughs) It was so funny. We found all the inappropriate things that we could post Mm -hmm. and you named your tumor Richard. Richard. Because he's a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, you know, I don't know what you were feeling on the inside, but on the outside, you were like, no, I'm not going to let this happen. And you handled it with the way that you knew how best, which was dark. Some people might consider inappropriate humor, (laughs) which we love here. Um, So yeah, that was, yeah. So I've just really always admired the way that you handled that. It's, it's so crazy because um, having gone through my own cancer journey, do you feel like, people see this superhero on the outside and sometimes you don't feel so superhero on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that especially coming back the second time. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have that same approach. I I didn't feel strong. I really um, still don't. Sure. Um, you know, honestly, yeah. um, I think that because people I've seen uh, me from the outside thinking you beat it, beat it the first time. Right. Uh, the second time, it's been it's been discounted and it's been really a lonely place. Wow. Um, so do right you, now. you see a much different um, shift from the first time to the second time in support? Absolutely. Yeah, I can see that where um, people tend to fade. Yeah, it's like in the beginning, it's so overwhelmingly supportive a lot of times, and life goes on. Yeah. And it fades. And you're still in that fight every single day in your mind, physically, everything. And other people have to live their lives. And it's hard. It's so hard because we need that support. <laughs> we need that support. We need the just the physical support, the emotional support, you know. And so I can't imagine, I just can't imagine what what that would feel like to have 
a second diagnosis and then not that same amount of support. Yeah. I mean, the first time um, people came out from the woodwork, we had yeah. strangers that, you know, were like, can we make a casserole? Right. And um, and I remember thinking if I can get through this year, which was a pretty difficult year between yeah. two surgeries, chemo, radiation, um, I thought I was done. Right. And I think everyone thought I was done. Sure. And I remember then going into each scan and having this fear of what if it comes back mm -hmm. and what am I going to do and I'm gonna am I gonna have that support again? Right. And um, and when it came back the second time, um, I was with my son when they called me. And uh, my husband was traveling, and I knew going in that going in for a scan is a heavy thing, but the people around me were like, it's good that they're looking at you. It's good that they're paying attention to you. God, and I'm so... Stop telling people how to feel! <laughs> yeah, and it's so anxiety-inducing. It's crippling sometimes. It is. And I remember thinking, okay, but I'm preparing myself for what if it's not? And I remember my my son had just joined a a he was in middle school and he joined a high school. We'll talk about that later. You have a basketball podcast, <laughs> but let let me get back to my story. Um, and I remember he um, he was in middle school and he got invited to travel with this team, this high school team. And so we went to the stores because we really wanted to get a fit. Is that the right thing? I wanted to get sure. him cool clothes. Yeah, whatever a, a that fit. is. That is something my 12 year old would say. Okay. Totally. <laughs> so we wanted to make him look good. And, you know, he was really excited about it. And I remember him being in the dressing room and then the doctor's office called me um, and they go, do you have a minute? And I'm like, what's up? Mm -hmm. And he goes, I need you to come in tomorrow. We found something. <sighs> and I remember my son came out and he saw the look on my face and um, we both cried in the car. Yeah. And I turned to him and I said, I'm not done watching you. <laughs> Play, honey. Yeah. We'll do it again. And and um, that was in um, August of last year. Okay. So how long was it between the first and the second? Three and a half years. Three and a half years. So you'd think that by three and a half years, you're good, right? right. No. Right. No. <laughs> like you think, like I beat it, I did it. And, yeah. you know, and that, you know, we did the chemo and we, we went through it all and we were getting our, our body back. And I was going out there and I was running again. I had done uh, five half marathons by that time. Wow. And I remember the last half marathon, I'm like, shit, I'm tired again. Oh. And I thought, Something feels a little bit different, um, but I wasn't like, I'm not going down that path again. Mm -hmm. And um, then we got the news that it had metastasized into my lungs. And so it came back in April of 2023. Since it came back, what was that treatment looking like? The treatment was very uh, different. It was fast. It was only five radiation oh, wow. visits. Um, and then I had to wait. And I think because it was so, I don't know, I don't mean to say small. I mean, treatment is treatment. It's difficult anyway. Yeah. But because it wasn't as intense, I think I got a lot of people to discount it. Like, oh, it's not a big deal. Right. It's like, it's great that they found this. And I'm like, bitch, I still have cancer again. I was going to yeah. say, it's like, cancer and, yeah. Well, and so you're, so the first time it was colorectal. Mm -hmm. And they were able to do chemo, radiation, and then you had surgery. Mm-hmm. So with it, did it come back in your colon again or it just metastasized to the lungs? It metastasized to the lungs. So the first time it was a chemo radiation surgery, chemo again, surgery. So um, and that was an entire year. So in, oh, gosh, summer of 2020, they're like, you're good, girl. Like, you did it. You beat it. And um, so then in uh, 2023, because I gone in for regular scans. Um, that's when it came back. They saw a spot in my lung and they said, uh, this looks different than your other scans. We need to um, we need to do a biopsy. I have a funny story about the biopsy. So at that point, so, you know, I told my husband, um, you know, that they found something that I needed to come in for biopsy. So I started telling people again that it came back and 
Um, we could do another podcast of responses oh, that we got. I we don't are, have, I, you got to come back. We keep saying we're going to no. do, do that episode. What not to say. So we yes. would love your submissions. Yes. yes. <laughs> I will be a guest speaker. <laughs> um, and then um, when I went in to go um, get the um, the biopsy, part of me was like, okay, it came back. And um, But my son is going to SoCal and I have um, a flight to go see him play. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny because I'm not funny. Maybe my husband would probably. <laughs> not say like, it was I hate funny. when you use that term. <laughs> but it was the that was the day before we were supposed to get on a plane to go to SoCal. Oh. And so I'm in the hospital and the doctor's coming in and he's saying, hey, do you have any questions? I'm like, nope, I'm good. And, and they're like, well, <laughs> like, just discharge me. I got places to be. And then he's like, well, you know, we're going to go in there and we're going to go and we're going to try to get a biopsy and see what it is. And so it, it might hurt. You might have a hard time breathing. Like, you know, I'm like, okay, let's just do it. And then my husband stops and he goes, um, is it okay for her to fly tomorrow? And I'm looking at him and I'm like this. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> and the doctor looks at me and he's like, you're doing what? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Mm. So my son has a tournament tomorrow and I'm going to be there. So either fly or I drive. But yeah, let's hurry this up. And oh. um, and it so was. So were you able to fly? OK, so it was scary because <laughs> they said uh, I remember when they did the biopsy, um, I they said, OK, go ahead and lift yourself up. And I couldn't breathe. Oh, and the no. techs were like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I can't really breathe right now. And they took me into one of the rooms and the nurse was like, Stacy, breathe. And I'm like, oh, is that what that that um those uh sounds are? And my husband's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then uh we got the results back and they found that it had uh, metastasized. So it was the colorectal cancer. It had been hanging out in my body for three and a half years wow. and it had metastasized into my lungs, which I found out later, which is, was a very common place for it to oh. um, come back. Oh, wow. okay. So they were like this, okay, cool that it's like metastasized. And I'm like, no, they're, no they no. were happy that it wasn't a new cancer. Okay. So I'm like, Oh, okay. I mean, I guess we have to find a silver lining, right? I'd rather not have it. I mean, (laughs) truth be told. Oh my gosh. So um, that's when they said, let's put you through the the radiation and then um, we'll see what happens from there. So was so the radiation was successful did it require another surgery six uh so th- i had to wait about six months before they would do another pet scan and so um i've actually had two since then and they've each come back um successful but um each time i hold my breath and each time i hold my space for myself to feel what i'm feeling yeah good each time i go in for a, a scan i freak the fuck out and mm-hmm. i think okay if it comes back and and I'm not successful, I got to kind of prepare myself for that as well. So it's this, you know, constant wondering if it's going to come back. Right. So that's where I am right now. How how frequently are they doing your scans right now? Four months. Four months. And as our guru, Abby Keller, says, anxiety is a real, real thing. And it's a reassurance and a... What's the word for it? Like, uh, it can reassure you, but it can also just make you completely insane. Yeah. Completely insane. Yeah. And I just, oh my gosh. And I, that's why this time I've, I think I've been, um, silent. The, the, um, a lot of people have asked me like, how, how are you doing? And when I don't answer and I say I'm not doing well, yeah. um, I get some responses like, oh, isn't it great that they're looking at you or, oh, you're fine. You beat it the first time. And mm-hmm. so I found that this time um, has had a pretty significant impact on me mentally. Yeah. Very significant. Yeah. And I think a lot of people haven't noticed how silent I've been this time. So, um, and it, it feels like one of those things when people ask you, how are you doing? Are you okay? Are you hanging in there? Do they really want to hear? That's the shittiest question ever, by yeah. the way. Don't ask the people no, that. Yeah, agreed. Unless you want to know the answer, yeah. right? Because do they really want to hear the truth? Because yeah. the truth isn't pretty. Yeah. Are you ready for, yeah, do you have time to absorb, mm-hmm. like, are you in the right headspace for me to truly be honest with you? Right. Yeah. Because and that, I think we get stuck there. We get stuck there because we think, do you really want, you don't really want to hear. You just want me to say what you want to hear to make you feel better. Mm-hmm. And then we can move on while I still sit here in this. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And my dad was just telling me about this um, person that did a TED talk about when she got cancer, you know, she was tired of her treatments. And so she chose gratitude. And so we got to have the conversation of, um, that's great for her. I'm glad that that was beneficial for her, mm-hmm. but I am not going to tell no. a cancer patient, a cancer survivor no. to be grateful right. for it. Because again, that's you appeasing your own self and making yourself comfortable rather than actually hearing, being vulnerable, being present, and actually absorbing what they're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. My dad's yeah. like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 I'm not... He's like, it was just a good TED talk. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, because I can't think back, honestly, through the first year that I went through treatment and think I was ever grateful or I could have chosen gratitude at any specific moment instead of I was thankful I was still here. I was thankful I could be fighting it, but I couldn't have been told to choose gratitude <laughs> in the moment you know what i mean it's and a it's huge just trauma uh-huh. and yeah. i don't think people um always give themselves the credit of having ptsd no. or yeah. friends and family realizing it is ptsd mm-hmm. like you can't tell someone who has survived a trauma like they can decide to be grateful when they have healed sure when mm-hmm. and we're always healing but mm-hmm. it has to be something you come to that you decide for yourself that you feel healed enough to see another side yeah, or the something good else. Yeah. But uh, you, you can't just feel it. You can't. No. 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 It and takes it, so much work. Yeah. And again, like, it doesn't have to be okay. No. Like, mm-hmm. thank you for saying, like, you're not okay. Yeah. Um, because it's the truth. Yeah. And I, I think I talked about this on our last episode was the truth might not be comfortable, but exactly. we shouldn't remove ourselves from that discomfort or try to, you know, give false platitudes or p- toxic mm-hmm. positivity to make yourself feel better. Parts of life are uncomfortable and you have to sit in that uncomfort. De- yeah. Definitely. And that's, as you were saying that, I was thinking about it, just like, why do we feel that protecting everyone else's feelings? is so important when we're just doing such a huge disservice to ourselves. And I I'm watching my my own mom go through that right now because everyone of course, how are you doing? How are you doing? She's not good. My you know, my our, my father, your grandfather just passed away. She's not good. The question I understand is a way for people to try to connect or, you know, show that they're thinking of you or whatever, but if you're not if you're not okay hearing the truth, I probably shouldn't ask the question. Don't ask out of obligation. Yeah, because I feel like people need to get more comfortable saying their truth. And my mom's been really good lately about saying, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Well, and I think at least for me, the traumas that I've gone through where people feel like they have to have the right thing to say. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to say, I am so sorry. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Or, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Is there anything that you need from me right now? Yeah. Can I make you a casserole? Right. I don't know. Yeah. But it's okay where you can just be with that person in that journey. And that, yeah. the, and everyone has a different journey. Sure. My journey the first time, a lot different than my journey the second time. Right. And I just have to be able to have that honored, right? How yeah. I'm how I'm navigating through this and how my family is navigating through this. Yeah. I'll tell you my kids... Um, it was interesting after the first time that it, um, that it came around, it was, oh gosh, probably three months after they told me that the cancer the first time had gone away. And my kid, he's a teenager. We're just in the car and he goes, Hey, I'm glad you're here. Oh, and I'm like this. Okay. Me the dumbass. Well, where else would I be? I have to take you to school. <laughs> in the car. <laughs> I was trying to be sweet. (laughs) And uh, he goes, no, I am glad you're here because it just hit me what was happening. Yeah. That was Hank. It's going to make me cry. Right. You know, you've been the kid. I felt that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember um, afterwards I said, hey, you know, tell me what was going on. And he goes, mom, it never occurred to me that you wouldn't beat it. Like you're the strongest person I know. Like, have you met you? Oh. And then I'm like this. 
I'm about to let him not go to school because we need to talk about this. <laughs> but, but that's where then I realized, like, for my children, yeah, how it impacted them. Now, my daughter, she was very young. And she goes, oh, I just thought you slept a lot. I didn't yeah. know what was going on. I thought you were lazy, truth be told. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, well, no. And so it coming back then a second time for my children, they're older. Yeah. I think it's been a pretty big impact for them as yeah. well that, you know, their mom is, you know, strong on the outside, takes them to all of these things, is there for them, but she has her own struggles. Yeah. So yeah. how are they processing processing, and, and what are they doing for their mental health? For my daughter, she joined a group. Um, it's called Camp Kesem. It's for um, children whose parents um, have gone through cancer. And so that's oh. been um, something really impactful for her. The first year was COVID, so she did it um, online. After that, it was in person. And so I kind of had to explain to her when she went there in person. I said, hey, hon, you know, you're going to have some camp chats and some of these people their 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 parents didn't make it yeah. so you need to understand that um my my boys i try to lean on them to see what their needs are you know my son sees a therapist i don't know if it comes up i try to keep that private for him and my other son he just buries himself in basketball yeah um that's I, his therapy that is his I therapy say, everyone's process is different but i did um i did attend a um an adult cancer survivor camp a couple of weeks ago oh mm, who was epic experience epic experience how yes. was it uh just life changing. Wow. Oh, good. And did you know the people that you were there with? No. Okay. No. And it was just so all of you were either fighters or survivors. That's correct. So some people were still in treatment. Um it is uh it was it was done at a ranch in Colorado. I had been on this wait list for about three and a half years. Wow. They said there were about eighteen hundred applications and eighty spots. So oh. I was able to make it for the winter camp, but um but I remember when my when I was getting ready to go, the kids were like, "This mom, you need this." Yeah, that's the first time they said anything. Before then, it was like, "Hey, can you make me a pot pie?" Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where I think that they realized, like, even though yeah. you know the results came back and they're clear, they realized that you know it's impacting mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a long term. The survivorship part of this. I don't know if it ever goes away. This, you know, I'm I'm in the middle of working on it right now, and it was it's been six years for me, and I'm still trying to process. Um, although I think I waited six years too long, <laughs> <laughs> only five, five, right? <laughs> um, but it's you know it's tough, and so I love that you were able to go to this camp and that the kids were like, yeah, mom, you need this. Let's you do it. This, and I know you love your kids, but I hope that you and Ken really. Pat yourselves on the back for the amazing humans that you are raising. Aww. Because Thank the you. fact that they can say that to you, like they don't mind being vulnerable with you. They are able to take the time to tell you what they're feeling and the way, and then they show up for you. They, yeah. You're raising some really amazing humans. Yeah. I'm putting all my energy into them because that's, um, they are my happy um, spaces. That and the 49ers. We're going to win the Super Bowl. By the time this airs, we will know, well, we will have seen the Super Bowl. So go Niners. Go Niners. <laughs> but, um, but I found that, you know, at least to get me through now what I'm I'm navigating through myself I'm I'm, I'm choosing to put myself into happy places Good. I'm um, the things that bring me joy I'm putting everything into that but I'm also giving my space if I'm having a really bad day if I'm yeah. having a meltdown um, I do recognize that I probably do have PTSD so mm -hmm. I've reached out to try to get some support I haven't been able to do this by myself. I mean, it's no. almost a year and I'm still losing my shit. And mm -hmm. so it's time to see somebody uh, professionally. But um, so from the outside, some people see me and they're like, are you doing OK? Actually, I'm not. Yeah. And I have been pretty private about it. I think it's really important to be able to say that I'm not doing OK and that and to I'm, let yourself feel not OK and feel all those feelings. And, and the fact that you're not just letting yourself feel them, but you're recognizing it and saying, okay, I'm going to, I need to do something, yep. you know, so we definitely have some resources we'd love to hook you up with too. That would be lovely. Yeah. yeah. And I'm realizing I owe you an apology because I was one of those assholes that like <laughs> when it came back, I kind of did go, I mean, and I don't think I said this to you. I hope I didn't say this to you. 
But I was like, you're so strong and you beat it the first time. Right. You've got this. And so I am so sorry that I was one of those people that um, didn't take the second time as seriously because I put you in that strong category. You beat it once. You could do it again. Yeah. And it, it's, you know what it is? It's it's our, we're saying what makes us comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's human. It's human. And not, know, you know, and again, like not knowing what to say. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? I'm sorry. And I'm here like that. Letting that be enough. Yeah. Well, you brought me here and you're letting me tell my story. Yeah. <laughs> letting me share that I'm not okay when yeah. people think I am. Yeah. I'm getting better. Yeah. But, um, but. But thank you. So what does Stacy do in this day to fill your cup? Well, I um I go to basketball games. <laughs> <laughs> I um I'm very involved in my um my son's um basketball um journey. Um that brings me a lot of joy. Nice. Um I do puzzles with my daughter. Oh, I love um, that's probably one of my favorite things to do. Um my older son, you know, he's I I listen to him like when he's doing Dungeons and Dragons or <laughs> and with Magic the Gathering. I love that. <laughs> I, I mean, I tried to at one point say, you know, can I just be there to cheer you on? Like, hey, you know, great role. Right. Or, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I try to just, um, you know, do what I can to be in my children's lives. They're in that weird stage where. I'm not cool to some yeah. of them. <laughs> but you're not cool, but they still need. They still need. Yeah. Um, and then normally I would say I walk, but I injured myself. Um, so I'm I'm not able to and how um, long to walk. did we walk on this foot? Okay. So we <laughs> did not realize that we had a fractured foot for two months. Oh um, and that's a side effect of neuropathy. Yeah. So, you know, people were like, oh, you're back and you can get back to where you were before. Uh, my body is aged. Yeah. I now have osteoporosis oh. and permanent neuropathy. Yeah. Are those side effects from, from the chemo? chemo? Yep. Yep. Yeah. yep. So it's great that I'm, and then it put me into early menopause. Yep. So yay, we're fluffier and we're fragile. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but I'm yeah. still here. So it was like, I, so I was getting back into walking and I thought, well, let me try to run again. And then, oh, you fractured your foot. So oh. I'm really just trying to give myself grace like okay my body is not where it used to be and I might not be able to do all of the things I was so I'm also trying to figure out who the new Stacy yes who the new Stacy yeah. is yeah and I, because we when we've ran into this with almost every spotlight is that there's not going back to a normal there's no, no it's a new there normal. is no back there's no back to before there's no going backwards mm-hmm. yeah we have to figure this this journey out now from this side and it's so weird yeah it is and I'm finding that I'm trying to, you know, do things that bring me peace. I've started to dabble in crystals. And I yeah. find that just being connected to those, I am I joined a support circle. So I'm going to do that, that at the end of this month. Good. I have no idea what it is. I hope it's cool. <laughs> so that's one of the things that we, we provide. really advocate for yeah. is people finding support, like finding a community of support. And it's actually kind of what opened up Colette to... Um, well, the podcast, but also to move forward, mm-hmm. if that's the right yeah. term. But yeah, because yeah, she, you know, she had just had a baby when she was diagnosed. Yeah. She oh was my. two months old. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Girl, let's talk about your story. <laughs> shit, I'm done talking. Wow. It's actually our Get first, ep- tissues. Our our first episode. episode. <laughs> so go back and listen. Yeah. Listen to it. It's a good it's, one. Yeah. 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 She was two and a half months old or two. Yeah. Two, two and a half months mm-hmm. old. And then I had four others. Wow. My twin sister and I had just started our first year at Sierra College. Oh, wow. So, and then there was a baby and then there's two other like little in the house. A five-year-old. <laughs> the rug gets pulled out from under us yeah that was a yep that was was a shit show like so briefly to just (laughs) recap was you know so she had had this baby and similar to your concern she didn't think she was going to be around for her baby and so she let her mother-in-law bond with bond with her and because she's like i'm not going to be here to raise her so i want her to be able to bond with someone yeah so So my mother-in-law moved in here actually this room moved in here and um took the baby and I I saw her every day but my mother-in-law did the heavy lifting. Yeah. So her she found the support group 
And she went and they told her, go home and hold your baby. Go home yeah. and bond with your baby. They're the ones who told me they were like, OK, it's now time. Go bond with that baby. And I was like, wait, what? Like, how? I don't I don't even know how I had four other children, but I felt like I didn't know how. And I was like, OK, I got to do this. I got to be a mom to this little baby. I think I'm going to be around. <laughs> you know, so I hope that that the support circle that you go to is. Yeah. Gives you that same. Yeah. Whatever it is that you need in that moment. Yeah, I'm finding that. Like I'm trying to find the people that are, feel safe to me and the 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 community that feels safe. Yeah. So yeah. I'm still looking. Well, we'll have an event in April. <laughs> well, maybe I so. might have <laughs> We might just have to have you there. Do we have bubbles? Can we? I could, you know, yeah, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Whatever you want. Food, bubbles. I was going to say, I wish we had met beforehand because the um, – uh, support or not the support group the client event that we did um in the fall we made these cute little fall decorations oh, yeah. I, I made a little 49ers little oh, decoration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah it i think the the crafting the mm -hmm. the artsy ones that we do the hey, cooking ones that we the do the cooking ones that's what i was thinking those about tend to April. be really really good because it's they're fun. It's fun. We're interactive. Natural and then you, conversation happens. You, yeah, you just start talking to the person next to you, and you're like, "Oh well, I don't know you, but I know we're here for the same yeah. thing and purpose and reason." And natural conversation happens, and it's a support group doing something fun. Yeah, <laughs> friendships are made though. Yeah, like, yeah, we have a, a good little. I love our community. Yeah, yeah, and I, I hate that community. it took cancer, but I'm glad that you're fine. That you're in a place where. You get to build who feels safe, yeah. what feels yeah. safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just, I think that's such an important part of life is to figure out who your circle is. Yeah. yeah. Because it's much more fulfilling. I, I guess is that's, I don't know if fulfilling is the right word, but. More meaningful is, when yeah. you intentionally choose your circle, yep. your community well, who feels safe. And yeah. as being six years out, I have to say that I have different circles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I have my friends and my family who are always, always going to be there and support me and love me. And so I have that circle, but I also have my cancer circle. Yeah. And that's a that's a bit different. That's quite a bit different than... um who would you think would be immediately in your circle and those are the people that i can go to when i'm scared i can tell i have a scan coming up i'm losing my shit what i do today while i'm waiting you know those are the people and it's just because they have been there yeah you yeah. know and that's not to discount the love and you know compassion your family and friends have but sometimes you just need that yeah. that little inner circle for this specific thing yeah no yeah. totally would you like to share what else do you want people to know or what else do you want to share? I think um, if you're supporting somebody that is going through cancer, just know that it's their journey. And I think that's really important. We have an idea of how we think somebody else's journey may look, especially Absolutely. if we've watched somebody else through it and just honor where everybody is. And it's okay if that changes too. Right. And then please don't say, if you need anything, please let me know. Am I? That, that okay. is the one thing yep. we have heard consistently we've talked about it before yeah. over and over and over is instead of saying please let me know or what can i do say hey you have radiation next week i'm free on tuesday can i take you sure or hey you have radiation on tuesday you're probably going to be pretty tired can i bring your family dinner yes because instead of putting the onus on the person like yes. here you are being a wife a mother mm -hmm. just being you fighting cancer fighting cancer and now I have to come up with a fucking to-do list for you yeah. and every other person that's asking me what I can <laughs> yeah, do. And yes. everyone means well. We do know that. But there's decision fatigue. There's freaking life fatigue. There is. I'm done. You know, yep. so I don't want to make that decision. And so if somebody can say, hey, I'm going to bring you dinner Thursday. Great. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I've talked to some of my cancer friends who didn't want to receive support. And I said, you know, please... If somebody wants to support you, they'll offer. And please accept that casserole, damn it. Or sure. yeah. <laughs> you can stick it in the freezer. It's hard for them to ask. But, you know, I found that when I when other people around me are like, hey, this person is going through this. What can I do? You know, I do say, OK, this is what was helpful for me. Yep. Or, you know, I found this thing that said like a little cancer um, care 
bag. Like if somebody's going yes. through chemo, like these are some things that they may ha- find helpful. But, and I know that when people say, let me know if there's anything, it is well-intentioned. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely well-intentioned, but it's a really heavy um, ask for somebody who, you know, doesn't know what they need yeah. each day. Yeah. And so you're right. Just say, hey, um, I'm going to send you pizza. Would you like that on Tuesday or Thursday? Take yes. decisions away from them. You know, we all need to eat. We all need to do something. I remember one of the most thoughtful gifts that somebody did for me is they took up a collection and, so that um, my kids could have hot lunch for a year. I mean, come on. That's awesome. That's yeah. Amazing. And I was yeah. like, oh, my gosh, you're right. Yeah. And then I don't have to worry about my kids making their lunches. That was okay. huge. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. Anything like that is so important. I had a cousin who knew that I like Tic Tacs and I like to have them before infusion because I'm a Tic Tac junkie but um i didn't want to taste the chemo or the the flushes and so she sent me on a regular basis she went and would try and find any crazy flavor tic tacs so it was like her mission for a year to send me all these different tic tacs and then hats and socks and blankets and stuff like that but it was just really cute because she noticed something i liked and we had our private facebook group too and so I would, you know, joke about, oh, I got Coca-Cola Tic Tacs this time or, you know, whatever. And it was it was something thoughtful. It was something she noticed about me. She knew I didn't like the taste of the flushes and the chemo. And so she's like, I'm going to do this. And I was like, that's awesome. You know, and then yeah. I had people send lotions and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff for your skincare. care. Offer we- to go clean someone's house. The house wow. cleaning yes. is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had um, two people. They they tag team. They um, they. Um, did my laundry for a year and that was was you know who you are I don't need to call you out but that was one of those things that you're amazing you are both of you so amazing and I remember um, even when I said no I think I can do laundry and she said no um, I've committed to do this for you for a year because she took something off of my husband's plate to my kids plates and that way they could just focus on me that was probably one of the most thoughtful gifts anybody's ever yeah and you know and it doesn't cost anything. Didn't it's know. just time. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that, you know, like, I love that she said, no, I made a commitment. Yeah. And stuck to that commitment. People that stick to their commitments, I'm like, Amazing. you're my people. Mm-hmm. I love you. Yeah. Like, that yeah. tells me everything I need to know about yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had my sister-in-law came and stayed every, I want to say it was like Thursday or something. I don't know why it was that day. Mm-hmm. But I must have had chemo the day before or something. I don't know. She would come every Thursday. And um, when I got diagnosed, it was around Christmas time. So she came and took down all my, and she made all oh, the kids help. That's right. Took down that's all right. my Christmas day. And she said, I don't know where this stuff goes. I said, here's that's the right. boxes. And she said, please don't like f- kill me next year because nothing's going to be in the right spots, but they'll be in these boxes. And I was like, I don't care. Took down all the Christmas decorations and just cleaned the house back up and put, that was huge. Mm-hmm. It was huge. Yep. I had a friend come and put up Christmas for me ahead of time. And I remember it was um, because I wanted to have Christmas um, before surgery. And we were feverishly going to all of these stores because she knew that I needed to have Christmas. And I don't remember. It was like in October. I don't remember. She remembers. (laughs) Um, But I had to get this Christmas um, tablecloth. I needed to have the tree up. And I think everyone else is like, what is the big deal? And like, this is important for her mm-hmm. to have this up before, yep. um, before she starts treatment. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. and I yeah. love that, that she wasn't like, well, it's not time or whatever. She, she knew that you needed that. It's and she was like, we're going to make this happen. Oh yeah. We made it happen as yeah. crazy like, as it oh, was. That's not important right now. Oh. We should do like, no, but it like, is like, yeah, you don't get that, to determine what's important to me. Right. Mm-hmm. The things that are important to you during and throughout it. I love that people take that into consideration and actually try and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that was, um, you know, and that was where people also reach out to me and provided me support when I didn't know what type of support I needed. Yeah. Um, second time was a lot different. I think that was, that's something that's a very interesting, I'm still in it, but the yeah. second time and the different support. Tell yeah. me about that a little bit with the second time around. Um, has it just been less phone calls, less checking in, less overall support? Um, yes, all of that. All of that. <laughs> all of that. Um, I think that when I, um, when I told some people that it came back, just some of the initial responses mm-hmm. were some were hurtful. Yeah. And then it just felt like people just weren't there. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because it was they it de- deemed it to be small and like, oh, they caught it ahead of time. I remember at one point having to stop my husband 
where would people call in? Oh, she's fine. You know, they caught her early. And I and I stopped him. I said, I'm losing my shit. Stop it's saying. not fine. No. Yeah. I'm it's scared. Scary. It's scary. And, and it's cancer. And it's cancer. And it Period. came back. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the support um, uh, hadn't been there like mm-hmm. it was the first time. Yeah. I remember, like, even on my Facebook group, I had posted some things because people were asking me like hey what's going on and I put some pretty vulnerable um, videos out there and then I got some messages and some that were what I would consider some toxic positivity and that's when I was just like you know and I had some people that were meeting where me where I was and some people that weren't and I thought gosh um, I'm not doing okay right now Mm -hmm. and even when they told me that the cancer um, was gone. Um, I felt and still do feel like sure. I don't really feel like celebrating. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds odd. Um, no, but not at all. Not to me. Not something that like I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm relieved. Don't get me wrong mm-hmm. that it's gone. But then I also felt like, gosh, is there something wrong with me? Because I'm really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm really still angry that it came back and tried to get me a second time. Right. And um, and so I felt like then I really um, I don't know if it's a word, but hermity. Mm-hmm. I got very right. hermity. Mm-hmm. And where I didn't want to really be around anyone. Yeah. And I think that some people mistook that for me being like a bitch or being rude or whatever. And it's like I'm 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 fucking losing my shit here. Yeah. Do you think maybe so the first diagnosis was pre-COVID. And with the second diagnosis being post-COVID, did any at for for me socially, I mean, I know that I really changed um in COVID. Like I'm much more like to stay at home and be by myself and process things. Whereas before um I was on the go and always with people. And did that have anything to do with it, do you think? No, I don't. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm thinking about that too. I'm like, you know, I feel like because COVID for me was quite a few years after cancer, and COVID felt as isolating as cancer. Mm. Well, because we're going through it at the same time. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. Well, and being um um vulnerable. Yeah. And needing to Mm -hmm. stay away from people in Mm -hmm. order to stay healthy. Right. Um. I, I just I didn't know if that no I I and I don't know and maybe I'm being a bitch um, no for saying this but I think that also people have support fatigue yeah like you know what I gave you everything and I came out and you know like yeah. it's somebody else's time right. to help support you oh, that okay. could have been it that's an I, interesting I thing for us to well, dive I, into because I there has to be support fatigue well, right Abby right? had mentioned that Abby had. Um, Abby Keller. Oh, with the caretakers. With the caretakers, the support fatigue. However, I can see that with friends, family, acquaintances who they're like, you know, not maybe in these words, but like, well, I, you know, I did my part last time. Yeah. You know, like I can see that. Not that that makes it like, okay, but I can, I can see that being a very real thing. And not super close Their life goes on. Yeah. And they're like, well, I put time in mm-hmm. last time you know like mm-hmm. i it's it's a very weird and tricky dynamic with other people's lives going on and feeling like that support goes away mm-hmm. yeah and it could also be that you know everybody's also dealing with their own shit you sure. know um and so where people don't have you know either a lot of space or they're going through their own thing i don't mean to you know say it this way where it's you know deliberate but no um, i don't yeah I don't. but i also that. think that you know i had some people in my life they're like well we saw all of the support that you received we didn't think we needed to step in mm-hmm. and so i was like oh gosh like i needed you too like yeah. i don't and so i thought that i saw a lot of people thought that or just assumed, yeah, there would be that support. Yes. So it's just been interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. I had a significant situation in my life happen that wasn't cancer, and the two people that I expected because we were so close that would be there for me weren't. And my husband reached out to them and said, "Hey, like Colette needs you. What's going on?" And they were like, "Oh, we saw." all the other support she was yeah. getting and they were two of my cl- like the people I needed and they just thought I had all this other support and didn't I didn't need them mm-hmm. and it's like you know people 
just maybe ask the questions, maybe do the check-in, maybe, you know, because you're, you don't know exactly what's going on with that person. Absolutely. And I can say that I also, this time, um, I went to some very dark places. Mm-hmm. And so I was also very, like, not myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, this one shook me and still has shaken me. Yeah. And so that's also a different Stacy than other people had seen. So they don't sure. know what this new Stacy is. And mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, people might assume that, gosh, she's just being so standoffish and she's being a bitch. No, I'm over here shaking and you're, crying. You're and processing. To process and, yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. going through a traumatic life experience. Again. Absolutely. Again. So. so you deserve that grace and space and people to let you feel and do and say what you need to mm-hmm. without making them it about them or how it makes them feel or, sure. you know, and it, it's just it's such a hard um, thing to balance. Absolutely. And I also think just even as adults and, um, you know, when we go through life, we also have people that come into our life for reasons and mm-hmm. they're wonderful. And when they come out of your life, it doesn't make them bad people, right? right. It just right. means that, you know, your support changes, mm-hmm. who's around you changes. Yeah. It just feels a lot more amplified mm-hmm. when I'm going through this. And this also could be something that's natural. Maybe right. this would... Right be natural it just feels a little bit more raw because mm-hmm. i'm you know going through this absolutely so, yeah yeah well and i can't imagine i mean it's the differences are probably magnified because you did have so much support the first time so that when you don't have it the second time it's almost glaringly like right. in your face how different it is yeah and I, and those people would say but you didn't tell me you needed help and you didn't reach out that you didn't need help and mm-hmm. and yeah true like and that's I the one posting. thing that's <laughs> right. the one thing sure. I will reiterate over and over and over again is it just can't be our place during that time right. to ask mm-hmm. for the help. Like it just can't be. We we're not in that place to say, hey, Sonzo, I need blah, blah, blah. I, I you're going through such a huge thing. Absolutely. And, you know, people see me and they're like, you're at your games, um, your son's games. You look good. You look good. You're happy. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, mm-hmm. if you notice that I started twitching because I'm having mm-hmm. a response right now or and I I'm have having a, boot a panic on my, attack. I have a boot on my foot because I broke my foot because I have neuropathy from the chemo the first time. <laughs> no, there's invisible disabilities that still stick with us. Absolutely. There's the mental just fatigue and drain that it puts on us. Absolutely. And, you know, and this last time and it coming back, you know it can kill me and it's possible and I look at that too like it came back for me it's possible that my kids will not have me anymore and that shakes you it does shake you it shakes you yeah yeah I can't even imagine I mean I had cancer once I can't imagine that feeling of a second time I'm sorry I'm really sorry thanks (laughs) no but what I'm trying to do is um Really focus on just being in touch with who I am now and allowing mm-hmm. myself to feel. Yeah. Um, because I don't want to ta- uh, to discount that. Mm-hmm. And then I do the things that bring me joy. And if I'm having a day where I'm like, nope, I need to sit in my chair, then I just need to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. So I'm really trying to honor who I am and mm-hmm. who this new Stacy is. That's mm-hmm. great. That's great. That's one thing Abby had taught me is to allow myself to sit. Mm-hmm. And just be in that moment. And if it's a breakdown, I'm sitting here or I'm sitting here all damn day and, you know, just can't function to allow that. And that's been weird for me in this last month. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's just been in this last month. You're that very I- do, 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 mm-hmm. do. And um, even from afar, I've seen, you know, little texts and I'll say, what are you doing today? You're like, I haven't moved from the couch. I'm like, good for you. Yeah. And that that's not normal for me. And so it's something I'm still (laughs) working on with Abby because I have also told her, I worry that there's days that I should be doing more. And she's like, well, let's let's not go to extremes. Mm -hmm. Let's find a balance, you know, but allowing yourself to have those moments is something that I just learned. And it's like, whoa. There's days where I'm just like, yeah. cry, nap, cry, nap. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've, said, we've said it a couple times on here too, some of our other spotlights, but um, to meet yourself where you're at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you said that, I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, that continues to come up mm-hmm. over and over With again each is meeting the person where they're at, meeting yourself where you're mm-hmm. at, just taking those expectations on yourself, off of yourself and saying, this is where I am. This is what I need. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yep. Yeah. I was happy yesterday. I'm devastated today. That's yep. okay. And yeah. it's all okay. And tomorrow yep. might be different. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I was actually just telling um, Abby is I was like, well, you know, today I allowed myself to be on the couch and cry and da 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 da. But tomorrow I have a plan. And she goes, and tomorrow 
might not turn out like that. Tomorrow, you might be on the couch again. And I was like, ah, stop. I have a plan in place. (laughs) (laughs) But allowing yourself that. And um, I think being settled and okay inside about that is definitely something that I had to learn. I'm still a little not okay with it because I kind of beat myself up when I allow myself to have a down day or whatever. But um, I'm getting there. And I think it's important that we allow that for ourselves too. Absolutely. And today um, I I came to this and thinking, you know, I'm going to tell my truth and my truth might, you know, I might lose my shit. I might cry. It might be hurtful for some people on the other side to hear. Um, but this is my truth. Yeah. And if there's anything that I have been, it's always been loud and proud and authentic. Yeah. And so I decided right before I, I came in, I go, I'm be honest. Good. <laughs> Good. You get me. This this is me. This is raw, but this is who and I am. Yeah. What we want. I mean, again, not to sound exploitative, but we want this to be, again, the feedback that we've gotten before is that, oh my gosh, this was really therapeutic. I haven't sat down and told my story beginning to end this way. And so we want you to get as much out of this as mm-hmm. you are putting into it by being your true authentic self. And we hope that somehow this is a little you know, healing in some way for you as well. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, in two years, you invite me back and I'm going to be like Hell this. yeah. Guess what I did, girls? <laughs> I did Can't this. Wait. I did that. I did this, and oh yeah, and I'm doing so. You know, exactly. I'm definitely I, looking forward. But. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I always say the only thing we really owe anybody is the truth. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because your truth is, and that's what our big thing with the spotlights are is people being authentically themselves and yeah. true. Because that's going to make our listeners go, hey. Maybe I'm not crazy. Oh my gosh, she felt the same way. Holy shit, I see what she said. It just, it's a connection. And it's, I'll never forget the first time I heard people in my support group be like, girl, we get you. I was like, wait, what? I'm not crazy? What do you mean? (laughs) You know, so it's just like putting it out there that somebody else can hear and go, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, it helps, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for being a platform and allowing people to come and tell their yeah. stories. I mean, this is so important. It, it's the stuff we don't talk about. You know, when yeah. people look at cancer, they're like, okay, you went through treatment, you're good. Yeah. They don't look at the life after cancer or and the pe- life with cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people that haven't been through it before have don't have a loved one that's experienced it. They think, oh, you have cancer. So you're going to your oncologist mm-hmm. and they're giving you all the resources you need. Mm-hmm. And the reason that Colette even started Ways was because, and like even Abby said, there's all these gaps in the system and it's taking people who recognize those gaps and go, okay, we the medical in- industry is not prioritizing that or making it mm-hmm. available. So we want to let people know that there are resources out there and that you don't have to just take what's given. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to ask for more yeah. or say that you need that support. Um, because yeah. again, by being truthful and honest and vulnerable, it's how we get better. Yeah. 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 And we got to strengthen this this system in the oncology world. We really do. I think that the mental and not physical, not from the cancer, but yeah. from diet and mm-hmm. exercise and, you know, all those things are, they're going to tell you the same, eat a good diet and exercise. Eh. No, we need more information on that, you know, and um, the mental aspect, especially, I think is so important. And little things like someone getting to everyday radiation, getting to everyday or not everyday, but some some do have everyday chemo, but, you know, whatever your chemo schedule is. And so just putting those resources out there because we don't know what we don't know. And the doctors don't tell us a lot about what they have for a resource in their buildings. And so um, we're just hoping to be able to reach out to as many people as we can, share some stories yeah. and you know, make a little bit of a difference. I think it's huge. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you for coming oh and gosh, thank you for sharing. A big hug. I just Yay! <laughs> I supported and I feel heard right you now. Are. And just so thank yeah. you for uh, providing this space. Yeah, absolutely. I just appreciate you coming and being willing to share with us yeah. because we feel honored to yeah. very honored for people to want to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, we we want to hold the space for people, but you know, we feel so honored that, you know, people feel safe to yeah. be yeah. completely honest and, you know, maybe 
be vulnerable and maybe do a little healing. Just thank you again for giving us part of your day and part of yourself. And um, we're very thankful and honored that you came and shared with us today. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Stacey. I just, this has been such a special day and I appreciate you sharing your story and I hope that you come back. Yeah. You're a beautiful person. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for, um, you know, just providing the safe space. And go Niners. Go Niners. Niners. Suck it, it, Chiefs. (laughs) I'll have to get your number from Leah so I can text you on Super Bowl. Yes. (laughs) Yes, But thank you so much. And we'd love to have you back and just give us an update. Tell us how you're doing. And um, yeah. And we'll be uh, giving you some resources. That sounds great. Yeah. Good. Thank you. All right, listeners, join us again next week for another episode. If you have any topics that you would like us to cover, or if you would like to share your spotlight, please send those emails to podcast at weareyoursupport.com. And follow us on all of our social media at LTFC underscore podcast. And follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music at Let's Talk Fucking Cancer. All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye. We are your support. Thank you for talking cancer. cancer.